Sure, sure. All right. Well, good morning. What a joy to be able to witness baptism. Isn't that wonderful uh, to see the Lord working in the lives and, and hearts of, of uh, his, those that he's called and those who have placed their faith and trust in him? And it was uh, in that same baptismal, I guess, probably almost 40 years, uh, probably not quite 40 years ago, late 30, maybe 37, 38 years ago, I don't know, that I was baptized. So how cool is that? Well, it's good to be back with you, and I was thinking this morning, first of all, um, yes, I promised to hold to the thought of devotional, and the, the idea of devotional has a time limit on it, doesn't it? That's what, that's what most people want to know, and so, so yes, that's the, that's the plan and the direction this morning. But as I was thinking about knowing that we'd be following a, a time of a baptismal service, I, I was uh, drawn to John 17, and so if you want to turn in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 17, I send my greetings from my family, and uh, they wish that they could be here with you all. We'll see you at Christmas, Lord willing, and excited to, to be back with you at that time. But in John 17, Jesus is praying, and he's praying for his disciples, and uh and he prays for them and, and uh, praying to the Father and knowing that he's soon going to be returning um, back to heaven. And, and so he's praying for them, that knowing that they're going to be the ones to take the message of the gospel around the world. And we've kind of seen, those of you in Sunday school this morning, you're reading in Acts. And so you, you see how the gospel has been taken around the world. But uh, here in John 17... Um, I'm going to start reading, I think I'm going to start just in, in verse uh, 13, and then we're going to read down through, I think, around 19 today. It says, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Can we just pray together as we talk about this for a few minutes this morning? Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for uh, Jesus who came and lived a perfect life and died on the cross in our place. Rose again in victory over sin and death. Lord, thank you that we can celebrate this morning with those who are identifying uh, in you and identifying their life in, in you and in faith in you. And Lord, may you bless them and use them in this world. And Lord, as you prayed for your disciples... Uh, we pray and, and uh, think today of even those who have been baptized that you would send them out into this world to be a light uh, in this community and, and wherever you take them, Lord, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So just three quick things I want to point out this morning that I think are going to be helpful for us. And as Jesus is praying for his disciples, there are three things that, that I think are very helpful. The first thing you see in verse 15, his prayer to the Father is that they would not be 
uh, isolated, but they, they would be insulated. Um, you notice that as we read verse 15 when he says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. And it's interesting because we live in a world where sometimes it feels like the easiest thing to do would be a monk, right? <laughs> Just go and live in a monastery. And there were, you know, if you've studied history, there obviously have been times throughout history where many have done that. I shouldn't say many. Some have chosen to do that. But that's not the example that Christ sets for us. It wasn't the example and it wasn't he prayed for, for his disciples. Rather, his prayer was... I know that you are calling them into the world, but I pray that you would protect them as they go into the world. And so I like the word insulate them rather than isolate them. And the idea of insulation is an idea of protection, right? We understand insulation in upstate New York because uh, it's very cold. So we have a house that's very well insulated, but there's only a certain amount that insulation can do uh, when when it's Remove when the heat source is removed from it. So last two winters ago, I guess it was, we had a uh, we had a, a storm that knocked our power out on a Sunday, or excuse me, on a Friday. Ended up dropping about 19, 20 inches of snow, and we lost power. And um, Lynn and Courtney were out of town. So Lynn's my wife, and Courtney's our oldest daughter. And um, so this was actually. My years are messed up. This was three or four years ago. Isn't that funny how time flies? Um, And uh, so it was me and the twins. uh, And so the first night, if you've ever been in this situation, it was going to get down into the high 20s that night. And so we thought, we're going to be okay. The power went out about 11 a.m. on Friday. So we just piled extra blankets on the beds, and we went to bed, and Woke up the next morning, and it was cold, and we still didn't have power. And so we actually uh, uh, we went to my office because we have a generator on our campus, and we had heat there. And so we went and hung out in my office that day. And that night, we came back to the house, and uh, it was getting colder and colder. And we didn't stay at the house that night. And I checked the forecast, and it was going to be 17 below zero that next night. And so I, I started to get nervous about our pipes in our house. And uh, it was getting into the 50s in the house by the time. Um, so we went and actually stayed somewhere else that had heat that night. And I came back the next morning, and we have a digital thermostat. And the digital thermostat was no longer saying the temperature. It just said low. <laughs> And so I Googled, what happens when this model of thermostat says low? That means it got under 40 degrees. And so it was under 40 degrees in the house. So I ended up borrowing a couple of uh, propane heaters from a friend, ran one in my basement and run in the first level of the house. And by that night, we had our power back and no pipes burst or anything. But I was thinking through that process. You know, our house is very well insulated. Uh, but when you remove the source the source of heat in this case, for a certain amount of time, what happens? The insulation can only hold the heat in for so long and the cold out for so long. Eventually, that's gonna be, it's going to be penetrated. And so God has not designed us to be ever removed from the source, Him, right? He gives us His Holy Spirit who lives within us 
And we're, our design, our desire should be to continually be filled with the Spirit. Not to be filled so that we drain and then fill again and then drain, but actually to live out of an overflow of the Spirit working in our heart and life. And so as we pray for not just new believers, but as you as a parent pray for your kids or your grandkids or whoever you're praying for, pray that God would insulate them, but not just insulate them, that they would stay close to the source. In this case, it's not a source of heat, it's a source of light, right? That they would stay close to that source continually overflowing, that their life would continually overflow. And so the first thing I see is that, that, uh, we, would not, that we would insulate and, do, and not isolate. The, the second thing I see down in verse 17 uh, is that we would be sanctified and not satisfied. Um, look, at, look at verse 17 again as we, as we read earlier. It says, sanctify them. Remember, Jesus is praying here. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So the word sanctify simply means, and you all know this, but it simply means to be set apart for a special use. And we are continually being sanctified, right? If, if we were immediately fully sanctified at the moment of our salvation, there wouldn't really uh, be a need for us to grow. Uh, wouldn't that have been just a lot easier, right? But that wasn't God's plan or design. Uh, the plan and design is that while, yes, we have the Spirit of God living within us, unfortunately, we still live in a sinful world, and uh, this sin still influences us. And so it's important that we are not ever satisfied as believers, but that we're always looking to grow, desiring to grow, desiring every day that God would show us something afresh and anew in his word. Being reminded every day that his mercies are new every morning, right? I I don't know about you, but that's an encouragement to me. uh, That every morning I wake up, his mercies are new in my life. And our prayer needs to be for others and even for ourselves that we don't become complacent and we don't become satisfied with where we are. Now, do not use the word satisfied in the, as the same as the word content, because we ought to be content with where God has us, and we shouldn't be desiring things outside of where God has us, but with where God has us, we should always be looking to grow and to change. I had an uh, a older guy in the ministry, in my younger years in ministry, that used to always use those three words. He'd say to me, grow and change, grow and change, always looking to grow always looking to change. And so as Jesus is praying for his disciples, he prays that they would be sanctified, that they would grow in the truth and that they wouldn't grow satisfied with where they are, but they would always desire to know him even more. And then the third one this morning is uh, in verse 18, and that is that we would be active and not anchored. Now, Don't misunderstand what I say by the word anchored. Yes, we should be anchored by we're anchored in the truth. But when I say anchored in this way, okay, it had to be an A word. You get it with me? Okay. Had to go with that. I mean that we set still doing nothing. Uh, And so look at verse 18 again. Uh, I love this. It says, "As as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And so Jesus uses the example of the father sending him 
to the world. And in a similar way, he's saying, I am sending them now out into the world that they might be my representatives, that they might spread the gospel wherever they go. And so my friend Greg Steer says it this way. He prays for their gospel mobilization, that we would be mobilized, that we wouldn't just always stay in our holy huddles, but that we would look for opportunities around us and people around us that we might share uh, the gospel wherever the Lord takes us. And we saw that a little while ago, right? The, the uh, going part of it. Uh, we are going and therefore that we would be taking the gospel where we are going. And so the world is not going to be changed just by us coming to church on Sunday, although we obviously ought to do that. It's not just going to be changed by us being encouraging to one another, but it's going to be changed when we take the message of the gospel out of these walls and we take it to people who need it and need it desperately. Uh, As we uh, start to wrap up this morning, I want you to flip over to one more passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's one of my favorite chapters in all of the scriptures. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 20 is a verse that many times um, I will give to other people, young people specifically, uh, when I'm talking to them, when they come and, and talk to me after speaking or something like that. I like to give them 2 Corinthians 5.20. It's a verse you all know. But it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You see, just a couple of verses, a few verses earlier, Paul says in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He's a new creation, right? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. It's a great picture of that this morning uh, with baptism. But as being in Christ, we are now a new creation. But he didn't make us a new creation to just stay a new creation within ourselves, but that, and then if you continue on to read in verse 20 that we just read, that we might represent him as a new creation wherever we go. And you all know what ambassadors are. They're a, someone who typically the, the context is they're going to another country to represent their government, their president in that country. And they don't go to another country with their own message. They don't have their own ideas. They can't go rogue and just decide whatever they want to do. They go with the message of their government. They go with the message of their president or the message of their leader. They're not representing themselves anymore. But when they're in that other country, they are representing, uh, instead, they're representing their government. And the, they're not a, they're, they don't stop being a citizen of the United States when they leave to go to another country to represent in that country their residency, their citizenship, I should say, is still here in the United States. And we need to be reminded that when we are called as believers, we are called remembering now that our, our uh, citizenship is not here, is it? Our citizenship is now in heaven. And therefore, we should not dig our roots too deep into the world system that we live in today. We need to be careful that we don't get too comfortable and and look at the place that we live, meaning this world system, as our forever home. 
because it's our temporary home. It's someplace we are not going to be forever. And he's called us. He's called us to be ambassadors. And, and so an ambassador has a message. And so what is the ambassador's message? Well, he gives it to us in the last verse, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians 5 still. He says, this is the message. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I think the key verse or the key words there are the words in him, right? It's, it's in him. It's, it's what he did for our sake so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Righteousness that, of course, we know we're not capable of on our own. Uh, we're not capable of ever achieving a level of righteousness that matches the holiness and righteousness of God. Just not possible. And so we have this message, this message of the gospel that we might take, that we might show others that he created us so that we might represent him in this world. And I, you know, I think of all the way back to creation and how he created everything right and perfect and just how it was supposed to be and how we messed it up, right? People messed it up and sin came into the world. And, he, and God inter, uh, uh, automatically or uh, immediately, that's the word I couldn't think of, immediately intervenes, even in that moment. And then over the course of time, we see his intervention. And then we, of course, see the ultimate climax of that with the Messiah coming, Jesus, and, and suffering and sacrificing himself for our sins, rising again, so that we might take the gospel to the world. I don't know about you, but it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to be satisfied with where I am. It's easy to um, be comfortable with the people that I'm around. And in doing so, it's easy then to stop looking and having eyes that look outward to look for other people that we might be able to share the gospel with. So, a uh, couple of months ago, um, so the thing now is, is if any of you that travel, and even if you don't travel, you know this, everybody wears uh, AirPods or earbuds or something, like especially on, in airports and on airplanes. You see people walking, and you think they're talking to themselves. They're, they've got their AirPods in, and they're talking on phones, and you sit down on a plane, and, and uh, people immediately already, conversations used to happen on airplanes they, they don't happen much anymore because it's, if you don't start a conversation in like five seconds, they already have the headphones on or the ear, earbuds in and, and you, you kind of lose, you lose that opportunity. But uh, I sat down next to a, a guy and um, his girlfriend was on the other side. So I was on the aisle and he was in the middle and she was on the outside, on the, on the window seat. And we started talking. I found out he was a car salesman. And, um, and so we were talking and, and, uh, the conversation turned and we started, I started to share the gospel a little bit with him. And I found out he had a traumatic experience in a church situation when he was a little kid. And, and so we're going back and forth and, and talking. It was a really good conversation and it didn't really end up going anywhere really strong. Um, but you know, what's interesting. Sometimes you don't know who's listening that you, you thought you were talking to, so this guy and I have this hour-long conversation, and we get done. And all of a sudden, I didn't even know she was listening. His girlfriend leans forward and goes, you know what? I grew up going to church. I made a decision for Christ when I was a kid. 
I need to get back in church. You know, the whole time I thought I was talking to, to this guy right here, but maybe the conversation was for uh, his girlfriend on the other side, and maybe she drugged him too. I don't know. Um, but you, you just never know the opportunities that the Lord opens. I'm not going to tell you the, the hundreds of stories of the times I haven't taken advantage of the opportunities, um, but there's been many of those as well. But just look for the opportunity to be an ambassador. And as you do, pray for others that they would be the same. Pray that they would insulate and not, and not isolate. Pray that they would be sanctified and not satisfied. Pray that they would be active and not anchored as God has called every one of us to be his ambassadors in the world that he's called us to be. And, and uh, as I've heard said, there's a song that says this, and I've heard other people say it. If you're not dead, then God's not done with you, right? It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. God has a plan for you and an opportunity uh, for you, uh, and he wants to use every one of us for that. So can we pray together? Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the truth this morning of the gospel. Thank you that we don't have to wonder. Thank you that we don't have, we don't, we don't have doubt. But, but Lord, we know. We know um, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you came to this world, Son of God. You lived a perfect life. You died in our place. Thank you that you want others to be in a relationship with you. Thank you you've called us to be ambassadors, to share the message of the gospel with other people. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes it puts us in a place uh, where we're not sure how they're going to respond, and therefore we don't say anything. But Lord, would you help us to be bold and look for opportunities, knowing that uh, eternity for so many people is at stake. So many people that need to know you, that need to have that personal relationship with you. So thank us. Thank you, Lord, for this time in your word this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.